Wednesday. That means it's another day for a podcast. I have yet another international guest that is going to come on, and we're going to talk about overcoming stress, anxiety, health, and mental health challenges. So you guys know that's pretty much what this show is about anyway, overcoming obstacles, defying the odds, and clearing your path to whatever it is you're working towards. And so if you're brand new, you're joining me over on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. If you're going to be joining live on Facebook, please like and share. Feel free to ask questions. I'll show the questions on the screen and we'll answer them for you in real time if you're if you're live. If you're catching me on the podcast platforms, feel free to leave, leave comments and we will respond to all the comments and we'll answer your questions. All right. And if you have no idea who I am or what the hell I'm talking about, this is me. I started doing workshops and doing groups where I'm getting up in front of front of others, like outside of the gym setting and talking about resilience and perseverance and goal setting and vision and taking action. You should know what one hour of your time is worth. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. starts with clarity of vision. If you don't have the clarity of vision, whatever next thing you get, you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision. So the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again. And all that stuff, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to be able to take this even bigger. If you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. you got to know your work. All right, so for today's teachable moment of the day, so while that video was playing, I actually just got a text message. So I'm going to completely... I'm going to push today's teachable moment. I'm going to push it to Friday. And so this is probably back in 20, 2012 or 2013, I want to say, when I was just getting started in, into fitness. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was good at connecting with people. They didn't know marketing. They didn't know no branding. And I just didn't really know how to get it started. So I went all in, which means I hit rock bottom fast <laughs> because I went all in and I didn't know what I was doing. And so a... A, just a bunch of strangers, they sponsored our family for Thanksgiving and for Christmas that year. And for, for those that don't know, I have five, five children. And at the time, they were five little children. And I remember they were asking for donations. This was through my kids' preschool. And we went to give donations, and they wouldn't accept them from us. And, like, we were mad at first. Like, you know, why, why can't we, we give? And it's because they sponsored us and so since then once I, I was able to we, we started sponsoring families at, at the gym we did a big class on thanksgiving we sell rap, raffle tickets and people donate and we raise money and we give back to local families and so we just did that again this thanksgiving and the text message i just got says thank you so much once again for all of all of the, the gift cards we raised a thousand dollars and you made two families holidays so much brighter and that that right there is the spirit of Christmas. And I told them I didn't want to be involved with the family because, like, it's not about me. It's not about the gym. 
it was seriously just about the spirit of giving because my family was able to feel that type of blessing and to put that back out into the world is absolutely amazing. So for anyone listening out there, if you have the means or if your business has the means to sponsor a family, there's nothing like it. Because we were absolutely blown away by the generosity of a bunch of strangers that looked out for our family. And now it's just amazing that it's come full circle and we're able to do it for other families. So that is the day's teachable moment. And we're going to go a little under an hour today because my guest has to have a hard out because she's all popular and stuff. You know, she's got stuff to do. And so we're going to dive right in. So her mission is helping you achieve the life you desire, helping you find and forge your path in the darkest of times to shine your light. Just that mission statement alone says that we're going to have an awesome, awesome conversation. So she is the founder of Vida de la Mariposa Coaching. I hope I said that right. A highly respected well-being and mental health coach, radio presenter, and global speaker. She works with professional men, women, and organizations to overcome anxiety, stress, health, and mental health issues. So welcome to the show, Zinat Norani. Hello. <laughs> it's great to be here. <laughs> Joining me from the UK. So good afternoon to you. Yeah, opposite ends almost. <laughs> good, <laughs> and good morning to you. <laughs> yes. I had opposite ends last week. I had my guest, uh, she was from Australia, like clear on the side of the Oh, country. that's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are you uh, originally from, from the UK? Uh, yes, born in the UK, but uh, originally I'm a bit of a spag bowl. <laughs> so I had, <laughs> well, not, not that I'm Italian. <laughs> No, so I have a bit of East African, Indian, and Yemeni blood in me. So, yeah. Nice. And so what was it like growing up there? Uh, so, well, I actually grew up in the uh, Middle East, uh, okay. in Dubai, uh, since the age of five. So very, very different to what it, you see now. Yeah. <laughs> it was all desert before. Now it's just buildings after buildings after buildings. And but still in the desert, though, right? Oh, it's all in the desert, but you don't see the desert. <laughs> There's more buildings than desert now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like my my oh, I, mean, I haven't left the states, but I've been out to New Mexico, Arizona, uh, Vegas, well, Nevada, and the desert just boggles my mind because you can drive for hours and see absolutely nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Except except for energy, energy wise. I'm like, what what is it powering? Because like there's nothing <laughs> here. <laughs> oh, a couple of random camels and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So what would you say the biggest difference from living there versus where you live now? Oh, it's freezing here. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that. <laughs> and it's windy. Well, mind you, you get sandstorms there. Um, gosh, I, you know, I think it's it's the people, it's the culture. I think back in Dubai when I was growing up, it's it's more relaxed. It was chilled. There wasn't any pressure. Here, it's just go 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 go. It's fast paced. Mm. Um, I think the only place it's not fast paced in the UK is if you completely cut yourself off and go to the countryside or if you're lucky enough and have the skills and tools to actually step back and take life as it comes calmly. Um, and those are hard tools. If you weren't, if you're not taught them, um, it's very difficult. But uh, yeah, and the weather, of course, I mean, I love the heat. Um and the warmth. Uh, I don't do cold very well. Hence, you can see I'm in a jumper wrapped up. I've got my thermals on as well at the moment. 
Yeah, I I I always say I'd much rather uh, sweat than shiver. Like I don't yeah. I don't like like the cold at all. Keep yeah. tell, telling my kids like once 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 my twin boys they're they're the youngest like once they're out of the house, I'm like dad's going south. Like there will be palm trees when you guys come to visit me. <laughs> yeah, you have five children. Wow. <laughs> yep, 22, 19, 14, and the twins are twelve. Wow, been busy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, well, again, it was supposed to be four, and then, you know, God gave us that twofer on the, on the last go-around. <laughs> oh, you're not going for uh, the Von Trapp family or the football team, then? <laughs> yes, that is so true. I have my own starting five. <laughs> All right, so let's dive in. Yeah. All right, so, so again, through the lens of your best friend, how would they describe you? <sighs> they would say that I'm authentic, um, so I what you see is what you get. Um, and that's true and true. Um, I'm always thinking of others before myself and sometimes to the detriment of my own well-being, should I say. <laughs> you know, I need to pull on the reins sometime. But, I'm, you know, I'm always prepared to help um, give, um, absolutely caring. Um, I, never, I never say no to anything. Um, and that's what they love about me. But then again, there's a downside to that. Um, and I always have a go at anything that anybody throws at me. Um, you know, even if it's completely out of my remit, I will give it a go. I like that. Practically. So, yeah. Um, and I'm very determined in what I do. Uh, I, I would say I'm resilient. Uh, I think my life has taught me that from the time um, I was at school all the way through, went through my skate, uh, my skating career. I was a professional figure skater. You know, when I look back at that and then also um, after that, when I stopped, there was this, you know, this drive to move forward, but reaching out for something greater. They always say that, you know, uh, you, you always want something bigger um, and that um, they would say that, you know, you, you know, you're a true performer as well. And I think that comes from my skating background. Yes. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about some of that, some of that resilience. Like I, I wrote, I wrote an article for an online publication called student <laughs> CEO about, about resilience. It's like, I mean, mm. I've been, I've been through quite a bit in my, my world as well, but like, what are some, some of the things that you had to push through? Um, so for me, it was uh, resilience in the terms of, if I start right from my um, sort of childhood, um, sort of racism, the bullying, all of that. But we kind of just move on. You get on with it. You know, you, your parents just say, oh, just toughen up, you know, get on, you know, just, you know, get back on the horse, that kind of thing. And um, you kind of go, okay, that's the way I do it. And you, you just keep doing it and you find that drive. And then also I'm very competitive. And I think that's within me as well. Le learned kind of a bit from my dad because my dad was very sporty as well. So that resilience drive me forward to be even better and always trying to prove myself. I think that that's what it was. Um, and then the resilience for when I um, quit skating, having to change career lines suddenly. So it's one shift to something totally different. Uh, feeling lost, uh, you know, what skills do I have that I can take through into my next career? Yes. Um, and nobody ever tells you that you have transferable skills. Well, not when I was, you know, in those situations. Um, but there is always something. So the resilience there of like, no, I'm going to make this work. And then obviously the teaching career. I was a teacher, primary teacher, 
for about seven years. Not the career that I thought I was. And like I said before, you know, I'm all that person that's always uh, doing things for others. And I don't think about myself. And it's I just keep going and keep going and you get knocked back. And the pressures in the educational system, as we all know, is tremendous. Yeah. And eventually it lent it led down to a burnout. So I had a complete burnout, anxiety, stress, and I went into depression and I had to uh, make a choice where suddenly I was like, you know what? I've lost who I am. Okay, let's hit the pause button right there, right there. Because yeah. you, you unpacked a good good amount. I'm over here taking notes like crazy. <laughs> I can see you scribbling away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first thing you had mentioned about resilience, I'm going to take this back to your description of yourself. How you said you're determined. You know, it's like people, people, a lot of people don't understand that those two are linked. You know, mm. most, most people that struggle with resilience, they don't, they actually lack determination. Yeah. Because, you know, kind of how you, you said with your, your father, my father was the same way. He'd be out in, a, out in his garage working on something and he just, he never accepted defeat ever. It's like mm. if, he, if he wanted something, he was going to get it. No matter yeah. what direction he had to come at it, he was going to get it. And I'm one of seven kids, and wow. so, and I'm I'm the youngest, so that's where my competitive fire came, just from trying to keep up with them. Yeah, like I had the crying part down. Like they'll all tell you, he was a crybaby when he was younger, but but when I cried, <laughs> when I cried, I got attention. <laughs> so, so so it is what it is. But we were all athletes, and I would see them with their trophies and their ribbons and their mm -hmm. medals. And I'm like, I want those. And then that's yeah. that's where I just started just going that was to a work. Drive. Yeah, mm -hmm. just going to work. And you I love how you mentioned having skills that transfer, because I talk about that a lot here, mm -hmm. where people ask me, like, how did you get into into life coaching and mentoring people? Like, you know, what programs did you take? Uh, I said I took all the principles that I used to help people lose weight and I shifted it to life. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that was all I did. I didn't learn any new skills because yeah. like, if you want to lose, so connected. Weight, yeah, if you want to lose weight, there's a process. If you want to gain muscle, there's a process. If you want to run faster, jump higher, there's a process. So I just shifted it into life. All right, you're in this career, like you just mentioned burnout, and we'll get back back to you in a second. You know, like if you're in a career that's yeah. unfulfilling. Okay, we have to have a process to, to help you move on and mm -hmm. transfer what you already know into doing something that you love. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. All right. So take us through. So you're a teacher. You've reached a burnout point. What happens next? Uh, so I, I, I resigned from teaching. Um, I just literally said, that's it. I quit. Um, I had to look after myself, have a purpose, be who I am. Uh, you know, when you've got family members that are telling you, Zena, you're miserable. You're always crying. Uh, you know, I put a pen down and you started to cry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like, no, I didn't. <laughs> and all those things you suddenly realize you you're not living the person you want to be yes um so i i quit i handed in my notice um and i went through therapy and counseling but the the strange thing is all that time i was teaching within my teaching career i ended up training as a coach and nlp practitioner because i was introduced to it by a friend of mine and uh, I thought, oh, do you know what? This is great for myself as well as the children and the staff members. So it was like an added professional development. Um, 
so you know I had that already when I left but I didn't know what I was going to do with it yeah. till I left but I knew what I was going to do with it when I was in schools um which was really interesting but um so when I came out and then I realized when I was going through my therapy that all these skills that I had I actually wanted to help people and when I was growing up I was always solving problems for other people people always came to me if they had an issue regardless if I'd had the experience or not they were they valued what I had to say and I thought there's something in that and I got such great satisfaction from it as well so yeah um while I was going for my therapy I started looking at other trainings and I said Do you know what I don't want to go back into teaching. I was 100% sure about that as a full-time teacher. But what I do want to do is start my own business. Um, and primarily, I left purely as well. The burnout was because of the way leadership happened. So leadership yes. ground me in, drowned me into the ground, ground me into the ground, one of those sayings anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or dug a hole and I ended up in the hole. So. <laughs> Yeah, they they always say that people don't leave jobs, they leave managers slash leaders. Yeah. And, and my mission was like, I want to help people, uh, tr you know, transform leaderships, the way they think, the way they manage their staff, but also provide the tools for uh, people who are working with managers and leaders who don't know how to lead very well or are struggling or still at all school. Yeah, and... A big, a big part of it too is because people don't understand people. It's like we think I'm, I'm competitive. I'm always positive. I'm this. I'm that. Then I look at someone who stresses out over every little thing, and like I'm like, I, I don't get you, you know. And, and and before I would look at it as there's something wrong with you, you know. And so in 2007, I went through the True True Colors Personality Assessment course. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's all the same, like Myers-Briggs and DISC now. Yeah. And, you know, some, some people use animals. But, like, it's all, it's all the same, the same outcome. The same just different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all the same concept. So going through that training, because I was that manager, because I started managing really young. And, mm -hmm. like, I was, I was 15, you know, supervising a small diner. I was, I was a general manager. I was just, like, 19 or 20, somewhere around there. But working with people... 30, 40, 50, 60 year, years old. I think I just had to pump up the chest and just be be louder than everyone else because I'm the boss. Yeah. But then going through that process, I was like, wow, it's like people are just straight up different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's not because they, they have to act like me. I have to meet them where they are. Yes. And I think a lot of leaders struggle with that. What are your thoughts on that? And, and yeah, they because they think if they come down to their level that they're demeaning themselves, but actually it's showing bravery and true understanding of your staff. And you know, you're so right. Language and communication is key. Um, hence, I love NLP. I'm all about neuro linguistic programming. Um, that, you know, and I, you know, I run a course with a, a friend of mine who is now obviously my business partner. It's called the People Skills Course, and it's giving people the understanding of how important language is and understanding how you communicate with people at their level. Um, so, for example, we were with a tech company, and these tech techies were talking to customers in tech language. Mm. How? You know, if you're if you're not techie, how are you going to understand what's going on? Um, but and it goes the same with leadership. Uh, absolutely. They have to um, be in 
their staff's shoes because some some leaders get promoted straight away and they haven't kind of climbed the ladder if you've climbed the ladder you have more awareness self-awareness awareness of others but um, otherwise you know you don't or you forget so even if you are sometimes we all need to go down to the basics the foundations and have a sort of a a recap of what the basics are um, and resilience as well is so important. And I just wanted to go back on that because people say that they are resilient, they're resilient. And, you know, I would say that for myself. However, I believe back then I had the wrong resilience. It's not the resilience where you keep bouncing yourself against that same brick wall, you fall down, get up, go again. It's about being resilient and finding other paths out of your comfort zone, go around the bend, over the tree, wherever you want to go and get to that point. Yes, I'm, I'm going to get right back to that one. You're absolutely right. And I think in my leadership journey, too, there's a difference between motivation and inspiration. Mm. Right? So, so leaders, a lot of times they focus on motivation, but motivation can take a dark turn because I can say, do this or you're fired. Yeah. Right? That's that's a motivation to get that thing done. But but it's kind of, you know, you're, you're firing the negative the negative neurons in the brain, you know, rather than saying, like, I'll, I'll give a perfect example. When I was managing restaurants, this woman came in. She was having, she was having a, a gets a crappy start to her morning. And so she comes in, she's huffing and puffing. I was like, hey, listen, I realize you have stuff going on out there, but so do the people that we're about to serve. Say, mm-hmm. you, you have the capability right now to jumpstart somebody's day in a positive light. It's like, just think about that. You're not just serving them coffee and serving them eggs and a bagel. It's like yeah. you're literally starting their day, you know? So that's a difference between motivation and inspiration. Because yeah. like I said, you know, you wow these people and they'll think about you the rest of the day. And then they're mm. going to they're gonna want to come back and they're going to ask for you for how you made them feel. Absolutely. You know? and she, she was like, oh my God, Rob, she's like, you're so right. Like, you're so right. And I, I feel like that shift she made, like, the most money that she's made since she's been there, you know, right. just from shifting that mindset just a little bit, you know, it's like, you're not just a waitress. Like you are actually starting people's days. And that's yeah. Huge. It is massive. Mindset is huge. I mean, I talk about that so much, but people, you know, sometimes don't understand it because it comes from your, uh, your conditioning, your belief systems, Yes. And breaking through those belief systems, as you know, <laughs> is the hardest. Um, but you can only break through them if you're ready to break through them. Yes. See, and and whenever whenever people talk about stress, anxiety, things of that nature, or just mental health in general, mm-hmm. they, like, people quickly want to default to the medical side. And now yeah. I'm not I'm not knocking the medical side. No, you no, know? No. Like I, I'm a college dropout. Like I don't claim to know that part of it. But mm-hmm. I do know a word you used earlier. I do know the self-awareness side, you mm-hmm. know? So when people are going through stuff, I'm like, listen, it's not the stuff. Right now, you have no solution. <laughs> like, the quicker you can get to that solution, then the weight of that stuff goes away. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you're in danger of your lights being turned off, like, you need money. Mm-hmm. If you get money, that stress goes away. Yeah. And you yeah. will find, you have to find every possible way to get that money yes you don't want that to happen how badly do you want it yes i was listening to a panel the other day where someone was trying to trying to downplay the law of attraction and Mm. and i was like so you're you're downplaying this because you don't understand it 
It's like, mm. look, the law of attraction works in any direction. It's not just a think positive things and then poof, your dream date's going to appear at your front door. It's like, no. Apple that's, yeah, it's like, and that's not it. Think about it. Every time that you bought a new car, when you're out on the highway, you see that car everywhere. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and that it's always been there. But you haven't noticed it till you bought your new car. It's like, wow, there's a lot of Jeeps out here. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like that's that's an example of the law of attraction. If you're looking, if you're searching positive things, you will find positive things. If you constantly say, my life is a struggle, nothing goes right for me, I got a dark cloud over my head, guess what you're <laughs> going to see? You're going to see every problem that stands in your way. Absolutely. And it also goes with what you're saying. It's precisely like bang on. It's um, it's cut the energy as well. Uh, you know, positive energy attracts positive energy because we're all made up of energy. Yes. Um, you know, we just have to simply put ourselves into a scenario of a room when we're in a room where somebody's constantly negative or down and moaning and groaning. What happens to us? We suddenly become, oh, I'm deflated. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the moment we remove ourselves from that situation, we then are uplifted again. Yep. Or we we have to re-uplift ourselves, in, you know, depending on what it is. But it, both of those go hand in hand. Yes, agreed. And being a speaker, you, you know this. So I was speaking at a local college, college up here, local university. It was a, a health fair for high school students. It was like, I don't know, it was a small, it was like 160 people, I believe. And so the, the woman that spoke before me, now granted, she had to give like the stats and facts. Um, I donated a kidney to my sister in 2011. So I was part of the organ donor co- coalition. And we mm-hmm. were talk, talking about, you know, the, the, the pros of becoming an organ donor. And then I, I was sharing my story of being a living donor. And yeah. so the, the woman uh, before, yeah, she had to do stats. She had a PowerPoint and stuff. And she was just so boring. Like those kids were not engaged at all. And so as I'm listening to her, I was like, you can tell that she's that she's not a trained speaker because a trained speaker would have made that those stats more entertaining. Like yeah. I was just doing it in my head as I was listening to her. So when I got to her last slide, I was hoping that she left it up there and which she ended up doing. And so before I went, I said to the leader of our group, I was like, watch this. <laughs> and so I get up there and I was just like, who over here has has a favorite superhero? I was like, you, who did you want to be when you were growing up? Like Iron Man, Superman, nice. Batman, right? And I was like, you, guess what? You know how you can be a real life superhero to someone? I was like, because I was to my sister and then I went into my story. But, yeah. but I had them all dialed yeah. in right away. Me. Yeah. Right? And that last slide that she left up there with like all of the stats broken down, I went through it all in a very, it, it was a very serious, but a very comical way. Yeah. You know? and that the children so, could relate to. Yes. And it would help them remember it. Because, yeah. you know, people remember things that are entertaining, mm-hmm. right? You know, the whole edutainment. And so, but just the whole point of that was, is I wouldn't, I just raised the energy level. And all them kids dropped their phones because they were all in their phones when when the other woman was talking. But they dropped their phones. That's a bad sign. <laughs> yes, that's a very bad sign. And I was like, I can't, I can't let this go. <laughs> Unless they were taking notes, then you're okay. But I don't think they would be taking notes. Yeah, no, they were definitely not taking notes. Like, almost every head was down. <laughs> I was like, these poor things. I'm like, let me go rescue them. <laughs> 
fantastic and that's what it is you know it's about anything as well you know when you go networking so I do a lot of networking and I run a couple of networking groups and it's about you know the first words that you say when you enter that room or you introduce yourself to someone you don't want to be like everybody else and it you know it's about it's about them but not about you yes well and even when you're speaking out there it's not about you as the speaker it's about the audience and what they're going to take away from it and what they're going to remember and treasure and change and yeah yeah so i'm, I'm going to ask the, this next series of questions and this is not to promote my program right i actually want your genuine opinion <laughs> right well, well because as, as i said like i don't have i don't have the educational credentials you know to talk about this stuff from a medical standpoint but just going back to what you were saying, like when you walk into a room, what you say matters. So when everything went virtual last year, I joined a bunch of masterminds because I was like, I'm going to build something that the government can't shut down. You know, once, yeah. once they shut down my gym. And so that that was when I start, started the podcast, started doing virtual speaking. And I looked into like doing Facebook ads so I could help other businesses, mm-hmm. you know, get customers. And I looked into media opportunities. Mm-hmm. But, but anyway, the point of this is as I'm in these mastermind groups, people are really, really bad at introducing themselves and talking about the businesses, like really bad to, to the point where I created a program, right? Called speak about yourself out loud, <laughs> you know? And so what, I, what I'm finding, and I think this ties into to mental health, but like I said, I just can't say it on the record is um, that, pe- that people have a hard time talking through what happened to them. Mm. You know? And for, for example, so I'm a volunteer coach with a group called uh, uh, Social Enterprise Green- Greenhouse, where they, they help startups yep. start, you know, uh, get started mm-hmm. and, and ultimately pitch the finances. So that's where I come in is I, I help with, with, with the pitch writing mm-hmm. and I help people take their stories and insert the stories into their pitch. Like I was saying earlier about when I asked people to introduce themselves, how they like give me their resume. Like I, I don't want the resume. Yeah. I want to know who you are. And then it's the same thing. You go to people's about sections and it's just all about them, you know? And like how you just said, it's about the audience. It's like, so that person who wants to lose weight and they come to my my website and they go to the about section, you know, like I want to continue them on a journey of how Mm. they can reach their goals using my story. Yeah. And so, so anyways, so I help, I help the woman and I'm listening to her, her pitch and listening to her pitch and listening to her pitch, you know, we're tweaking it and we're tweaking it. And then it comes out that in her twenties, the love of her life that she had split up with the focus on her, her schooling and solidifying her career committed suicide in front of her. And I was like, that's powerful. I said, and should absolutely be in your pitch. Mm -hmm. And so so she didn't really know how to talk about it. And so I said, I tell you what, I'll set aside an hour and I'll help you talk through it. Yeah. And and I helped her talk through it. And we we created a hell of a pitch, I got to say. It's like, Mm -hmm. we really did. And it, it was tough for her to sort through it. But the whole point of all this is when we were done, she was like, you know, I've never spoken that in depth about it before. Mm-hmm. It was like, but now you have, you just unlocked a power that you didn't even yeah. know you had. Cause it's not about what happens to you. It's about what you do with it. Yeah. So absolutely. What's your thoughts on that? 
That, oh, wow. <laughs> no, I, I mean, gosh, I agree with everything there. And, I, you know, people do find it really hard to talk about themselves. Um, and especially if they've gone through something because it's um, they have this whole imposter syndrome, the fear of judgment, mm. the, the fear of looking weak. Yes. Um, because if they're weak, they're, they're not going to be able to be strong enough. And it's what society has told them. And unfortunately, this is the way it is. And this is where mental health is. It has partly to blame, you know, and yes, there are people out there that medically they have things wrong. Uh, with them through mental health, but it's because as well, and it makes it worse because of society and not being surrounded by the right people. See, um, that, that's the key. That, yeah. that's key. And, and you said something earlier too about making it bigger than yourself. Yeah. That's, that's huge. I said, all right, so that happened to you and you'll probably never unsee that for the rest of your life, but you can take that story Take about how talk, talk about how you picked up the pieces and inspire other people. Yeah. And, and now people it's not about you that. anymore. Yeah. And people connect with real true people. You know, when I said I need to be authentic. And I had to learn to be uh, really authentic in this side. For other things, I'm really, really authentic. But personal, again, it's upbringing, you know, or oh, I don't want to say that because it will reflect on my parents. You know, when I went through my mental health breakdown, um, you know, I, I kept it to myself. But then um, I had really good friends around me who were like, Zena, use this as your power because you are wanting to coach people around this. Therefore, they can relate to you more. And I went through a process as well. And the more I spoke about my story, my journey, all of a sudden things started to shift. The, the, the traction was different. The way people spoke to me was different because I wasn't just another person who went um, to an academy or a university and got qualified, got the piece of paper, here it is. Um, but I'm with somebody who's got the true experience. And I think that's what people love. Um, and that's who I love having on my show. Yes, I get experts, my radio show on Mindset Matters. I get experts that come on. That's brilliant. You're an expert. I'm an expert in my field. But unless we've been through something, those people out there think, well, they're an expert, but they haven't been through what I've been through. Mm. Um, and it's a bit like um, when you talk to addicts and whether they're drugs, alcohol, shopaholics, whatever addicts or whoever they are, unless you've been through something like that you don't truly get it yeah no matter how much studying you do you will never get it that's that is that's true that that, that is true I'll, I'll definitely add i'll add a little bit though i'll add a little bit is is if, if you had a similar struggle doesn't necessarily have to be the exact same struggle maybe you have a similar struggle like take us being competitors you know, so some people say people who are very competitive is it's an addiction. You know, mm. your addiction, you know, to working out. Like to me, it's the dopamine hit. Like yeah. at 47 years old, I still like I still push myself through competition. Whether I do, tra uh, I still compete in track meets. I do obstacle races, and people, mm. people like they're like, dude, you're obsessed. <laughs> you know, and it's like that. But that that's who I am. I know within addiction, it's different, but. Mm when I tell those stories of how I've, I've lost relationships over competitions, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, if, if you have something that's on a similar trajectory, mm. 
you you you, you can you you can but yeah nothing nothing yeah. replaces no full lived and experience you can always empathize with people you know yeah. the way i look at it is yeah of course um you know you've got two people with anxiety and um you may get you know the the shakes and you may suddenly get uh, the withdrawal but the shakes and the withdrawal will be different for the person that person yeah. to me um so my scenario is that we we are uh, you know there are many of us sailing or on the same sea but we're in different boats see i go the other way around like we're that. on the sea because the sea's one yeah. but we're all in different boats but we yeah. can slightly feel the same similar waves Yes, I like that. that yeah, makes sense. I, I feel I feel like somebody else used used that example. Yeah, because they tend to use we're all sailing in the same boat, and I'm like, mm. yeah, that, definitely not. No. <laughs> if we are in the same boat, I'm going to feel the waves different to the way you feel them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, to to your point too, I, I met I had a guest on the show, and then I I, I switched it into coach mode on her for a hot second. But she was she was someone who works with Alzheimer's patients, and she, she shared when she was fifteen, her grandmother got Alzheimer's, so so she had firsthand experience of the mm-hmm. effects of the uh, of the illness, and then other people just in her extended circle as she she got got older, in her family, in her in laws, all experienced that, and so I said that I was like, you know, you should really start start a podcast because she's really uh, passionate about it, said, or write a book. And she's like, yeah, but there's so many books out there on that. I said, whoa, 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 stop right there. I said, mm. you, I said you just took your power and tossed it away. Yeah. And, and I said, and kind of what you just said, it's completely different if you get that person who goes to high school, goes to college, you know, mm. gets their nursing degree and works at the local clinic working with Alzheimer's patients. It's completely yeah. different because you have a lived experience. You have a personal connection mm. to the disease. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I said, so your firsthand experiences are going to be way different than that person Absolutely. That, went, that went the other route. I, I said, so don't, don't you dare toss your power away like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so true. Yeah. You know, sometimes we don't even hear what we're saying to ourselves. Yeah. I think we're, we're very guilty of that. We're great with everybody else, but sometimes we need to take a step back. That's why coaches have coaches or mentors. Yep. <laughs> it's so true. I have to remind people, you know, we're human too. Yeah. You know, it's really funny. Um, What's well, not funny, funny. I don't know. But um, during the lockdown, um, w- many people said to me, oh, Zena, you must be um, great. I said, what do you mean? She goes, no, with your mental health and I think have it mastered because you're an expert in that field and you know how to manage it and all that. And I went, I'm human. I have my bad days and I have my yeah. good days. And sometimes um, I need external help to get those thoughts out or yeah. shift those thoughts and I, you know, most of you know most of the time I can do it myself. But sometimes you need that extra push, especially with what we've been through, because that was huge. Yes. Um, so again, people's perceptions are very interesting. Yes, per- perceptions and perspectives. Yes, indeed. Yeah, because and I use I use this example all the time. Just take take the simple word vacation. Just ask people what what does vacation mean to you, and you're going to get a hundred different answers. Yeah. You know, for some people, it's lying on the beach. For other people, it's, you know, going, uh, hiking the Grand Canyon. You know, yeah. for, for someone like like me, I love the mountains. I love the zip line. But, like, you're going to get so many different answers. So, so when you talk about more pressing stuff, yeah, you know, where you can talk about, say, abortion. 
<laughs> and then you're gonna get you're gonna get like people who just get it you know? yeah it's like whoa whoa it's like it, it doesn't have to be that serious <laughs> exactly you know? i'm gonna throw a curveball in here just to um take off top top you said zip line yeah and because you're sporting you love that you've got to go to dubai it's got the world's longest zip line there where dubai you said dubai Okay. World's longest zip line. My sister just came back from there visiting my parents and uh, she sent me a video and then, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Brilliant. There you go. A trip to Dubai when you can. Got it. Yeah, well, Sorry, well, I know that was off topic, but no, I had to put it. No, it's okay. What <laughs> I, I did was in uh, in the Rockies in Colorado. Nice. Was, that, was, that was quite quite the rush, I got to say. It was yeah. so high up in the air. I love this stuff. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about you. We got a few minutes here before you got to go. So, so like with with your business, how do you find how do you find people, and, and what would you say are the biggest things that you help them with? Oh, mindset. It's their belief systems. Um, I, you know, I find that a lot of clients come to me with a goal, but actually, that's not the goal that they want, or they can't achieve that goal because they haven't mastered their their true worth self-value, their mindset, their belief systems, all of that is fundamental because that's what will drive them, motivate them and increase their purpose and passion. As a majority of it is around that, um, that I do. Yes. And of course, you know, um, from, give them the tools. I then help them with sort of dealing with um, self-help tools, anxiety and stress, those um, sort of, yeah, the self-help easier tools. Um, but mainly it's it's having to unravel what's really going on there. And a lot of the times what you think is the problem isn't actually the problem. Um, and I've had to use um, hypnosis, kinetic shift to really dig in there, even NLP. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that's definitely spot on because when I'm w working with people, it's always something something different. Mm -hmm. what they say, like, you got to go multiple layers deep to get down to the heart of the matter. Even even in in fitness, when people come in, it's like, all right, what like why are you here? Yeah, you know, like you can you can go to a Planet Fitness, pay ten bucks, and go mm -hmm. walk in the treadmill. Mm -hmm. So like, what made you come here? Yeah, it's like because you know this isn't ten bucks a month, <laughs> you know. So, so getting to the heart of how, how did you get to where you are? It's like once yeah. I can understand that, now I know how to push you rather yeah. than just do it because I said so. Yeah. And you know what? That's a really good um, point, because if we think about it now, you know, with Christmas with the New Year's coming up, how many people are going to suddenly make their New Year's resolutions? I don't do New Year's resolutions, um, but how many people actually suddenly go, I'm going to hit the gym in January? And stats actually show that with after three weeks going into January, suddenly it drops, it cuts because motivation is gone, determination is gone. Other things have taken place because they haven't actually prepared themselves for the true reason why. You know, when people say they want to lose weight, yeah, okay, well, like you know this, is what is the hidden reason why they want to lose weight? It's not just, I want to lose weight. Yeah. It yeah. can't be. It's more to it than that. Um, and it's, yeah, it's really kind of unraveling that onion, getting to the core. <laughs> Yeah, and it go and it goes back to to what we both said, because I always tell people you don't need motivation, you need determination. I yeah. said mo motivation is external. I said determination is internal. Yeah. It's like once you have that, 
then you're more you're more likely to be to stay on the path. And mm -hmm. that goes back to what I mentioned in my opening video, clarity of vision. Clarity and so, vision. And to what to what you said, it's gotta be bigger than you. Yeah. You know, so it's like all right, I, I like I wanna lose weight because I have three little kids. I wanna be able to run around with them at the playground. I wanna be a good example. I wanna give them good healthy habits. Now it's not it's not about you. See now it's a duty. You know, because I want to make sure that my children understand you can't just gorge yourself every day. And Absolutely, you've got to find that purpose. Yes, you know, and, and this has nothing to do to do with body shame. It's about health. You know, it's about health. If you're just constantly putting the wrong stuff in your body, you're not fueling your body, and it's yeah. going to tax your energy. It's going to tax your metabolism, and mm. it's it's going to it's going to deteriorate your overall quality of life. You know, so understanding that it's not about your size six pants. Is it like it's way bigger than that? You know, that's a nice byproduct that you can get back into them, but if you got to focus on the bigger picture of why you want to do it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And if, you know, if somebody wants to get into the size six, you know, um, trousers or skirt, what's the reason? What's the purpose? Is it, you know, is it just because you want to get in there or is it going to actually give you that confidence to do something that you really truly want to do? Yes. And that's your main kind of vision, your goal out there. Yeah, because when I ask those those whys, when people say, I want to lose 20, 25 pounds, I'm like, all right, why 25? And then they'll always say, well, it, like when I weighed that, I had more energy, I had more this, I had more self-confidence, you know, I mm -hmm. love myself more. And, you know, I said, good. So everything you just said has to fuel you when your alarm goes off at 5 a.m. <laughs> it's like you have to think about those things. And then, and then they go, woo. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's true. It's true because I tell people that right up front. It's like if you, I'm not the guy, I'm not going to be texting you every day to get your butt to the gym. And said, said mm -hmm. once you come into the gym, I got you. I'll, I'll push you and get the most I can get out of you. I said, but you have to be disciplined enough to get here. Yeah. <laughs> I like that what you said because I that's something that I say to my clients. Because um, they talk about accountability. Oh, I'm here because I want you to hold me accountable. I said, no, 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 no. I will help you and I'll hold your hand. But the accountability comes from you. But first of all, the first thing I want you to do is take ownership. Yes. Ownership and then accountability. And I will hold you accountable to a certain extent, but I can't hold your hand forever. Yeah. I tell, I tell people in, in the first month, I will be holding you accountable. But then we're gonna transfer the power. I said yeah. you have to say because if we don't transfer the power, oh no, you're gonna go right back to your old habits. Absolutely, <laughs> right. Habit, it's patterns, isn't it? Yes. Exactly. That's another topic we could talk about. You know, behavior patterns. That's and that's something that I look at a lot is their behavior patterns as well. Yeah. What patterns are they uh, um, keep, uh, repeating all the time? And not only just um, action patterns, but also what's the pattern up here? What are you telling yourself all yeah. the time? Mm -hmm. that, the language goes back to the language. See, so <laughs> I, I mentioned earlier about doing obstacle races. And a big reason why I do what I mean, I personally love them for myself. Like I like the challenges that they that they provide. But I love bringing my clients through as well, because when they're faced with things that they haven't faced before, it's just so how quick they are to defeat themselves. They're like, yeah. oh my God, what is that? I can't do that. Like, you didn't even put one hand on it yet. <laughs> it's like, how, how do you know you can't do it? Yeah. You know, if you if you get up there and you fall down, okay, this time it got you. But yeah. you're, you're manufacturing that outcome 
before we oh, even get into the obstacle. We didn't even get there yet. And mm-hmm. then they get there and they do it. And it's like handing a kid a lollipop. They're like, <gasps> like, oh my God, like I can't believe I just did that. Yeah, it's amazing. And, yeah. And, and then it, now it's like transfer that into everyday life. Mm-hmm. Right? If, if you want to help people, oh, well, I don't know if I can be an entrepreneur. I don't know if I can make an online course. I don't know if I can write a book. It's like, what do you mean you don't know if you can write a Get a notebook and start writing. I didn't think <laughs> I could write a book. Look, I've got my little book of affirmations wow, nice. and sharing questions. Oh, you know, nice. that was the first thing I did when I became a coach. Nice. What What's it called? Uh, begin each day with affirmations and empowering questions. I love mantras and affirmations that's yeah. kind of what's got me through everything and a lot of them are what i've used and come up with on my journey yeah and and most people who have any type of success and this is true of athletes slash fo- former athletes is you know we don't go into competitions thinking we're gonna lose no we don't be losing. <laughs> we go in thinking i'm gonna win <laughs> exactly it's like if i lose i'll i'll deal with it i'll go mm-hmm. back to the drawing board and try to win the next one but like when I compete in tra- in track and field, just uh, I know you, I, I know you gotta go. Yeah, I just wanted to say, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'll do this one quick. Like I was leaving for for a track meet this one day, and I said to my my twin boys were on the couch, and I said, "All right, boys, when I come back, I'm gonna have three gold medals." And my son's like, "You think you're gonna win?" I said, "Dude, I trained for this. I plan on winning." I said, "Yeah." I said, "If I don't, I'll take it, but I plan on dominating when I when I get to Massachusetts." Yeah, and if you don't win, you're going to learn from that, you know. Yeah. And I, do you know, it, it, while you were saying that, um, I thought, you know, people, what was it? Oh, I had a real good point on what you were saying. <laughs> it's gone out my head. <laughs> oh yeah we compare ourselves you know you were saying you know if that person could do it i'm going to do it you know that's a positive comparison which athletes do Uh, but a lot of people go oh no i can't write a book because i haven't i I wasn't very good at english when i was uh, or literature when i was studying or this they down again it comes to what you said earlier they downplay themselves and uh, what we need to stop doing is comparing ourselves against the negative and if we want to just get someone who is an example, a role model, and try and be as good or better. Yeah. And, but find your own self. Don't be them, still be you, but try and achieve what you want. Use them as an example as a learning curve. How yes. did they get there? Yes. What is it they did? Yes, pick out their habits. Yeah. Pick out their habits. Like, because like, guaranteed, they've also gone through their challenges. They've got stories. And unfortunately, we don't always see the stories when they're way up there. We just suddenly exactly. just see that. But do your research because they have gone through their journey as well. Yeah. And if it's putting it, sorry, putting a negative on you, take yourself away from that for a time being. Yes. So, so, so true. I mean, like it says up above us, your true power lies in your story. And yeah. everyone has a story. They just, they just struggle with telling it. And then yeah. once you tell it, and, and, and again, I, I tell people, you know, I'm no, I'm, I'm no doctor. I can't say it on the record. But the people that I help tell their stories, their lives improve. Yeah. Because they don't have the weight of that story still pressing down on them. You know, they're able to release it and then realize, okay, that happened to you. But you, you're still here. Yeah. Like, you're still here. You're still thriving. So talk about the journey from okay. what happened. It's not focused on that journey, and then that's where other people are gonna lean in. Because like when I did the when I did the the, the pitch with the woman whose who mm. first love committed suicide, when she said it back, 
to me. And I was like, see, that is something investors are going to lean into. That was the fireworks. Exactly. It's like the when the first version that you did, it like it didn't move me at all. But you started your business because of this event, how it made you feel. And you don't want other people to feel that again. Like that has to be reflected in your pitch. Like that's what, you know what? That's also very, very therapeutic for yeah. herself, yes. for her own development, personal development and, you know, growth. Absolutely. All right, give us some final words so you can get to your next appointment. My final words. Wow. Uh, You know what? Jump out of that comfort zone. Allow your wings to spread and literally fly just like a butterfly. You never know that ripple effect, right? Because one flutter of it can cause an, um, an amazing amount of ripple and you don't know what's on the other side. Um, and if, you know, we know butterflies' lives can be short, so they make the most of it. Ah. And uh, hence my name, Vida de la Mariposa, Life of a Butterfly. My nice. I love it. I love it. And how, how can people get in touch with you? So, uh, gosh, I'm all over um, social media, um, but you can jump over to my website. That's uh, zenatnarani.com. I'm on Instagram, Narani Zenat. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, Zenat Narani. So really nice and easy. And if you you search Vida de la Mariposa Coaching, um, you can even find me on channel radio, .co.uk forward slash two for the Mindset Matters radio show every Friday from 10.30 to 12. So you can get in touch with me through there. Yeah, just uh, connect with me. Let's have a chat. You know, uh, I'm also looking for guests for my radio show. Anyone wants to share their story, your journey, first of all. So that will be great. So I'm always looking for people to share their personal journeys and their stories because it's about bringing change. I'm all about, you know, making people's lives better. Absolutely. Making a difference. Yes, we are de- definitely going to cross path- paths again. I-, I, have a, I have a panel coming up in February. That it's it's going to be on energy. Energy. So, oh, yeah. like, so it's, um, I don't have a date picked yet. I usually do them on Saturdays, if you're okay. on Saturdays. And so I'll, I'll reach out and I'll get you the, the info. But yeah, we're definitely going to be in because we're not done with this conversation. No, 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 absolutely. We've got so much in common. It's crazy. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, You know what? I wish you a happy Thanksgiving and then happy Christmas and then a happy new year. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Yeah, we definitely, definitely left a whole bunch of stuff on the table there, but that's good because that means we're going to have her back and continue the conversation about stress, anxiety, mental health, and as you all know, overcoming obstacles, defying the odds. So I will be back on Friday. I'm a guest on someone else's platform tomorrow, but I'll be back on Friday. And just remember, shut up and grind, man. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Next time, shut up and grind.